Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Ben Standig here. I am going to play for you guys part two of my conversation with Adam Rubin from truthaboutit.net. On this here uh, part of the podcast, we're going to be talking about potential free agent targets for the Wizards when it comes to finding a needed backup for point guard John Wall. That's obviously been a major topic for many uh, with good reason. When John Wall came out of games last year, the Wizards offense often fell apart. It never could quite solve that um, that hole. So we're going to get into some of those options. This is part two of the of the longer podcast I was doing with Adam in the earlier part, which I posted on Wednesday. I guess Wednesday night, Thursday morning. We talked about a lot of the backup guards from last year, including whether Tomas Sadoransky could potentially, in fact, be the uh, point guard to John Wall this year. What's the role for Sheldon Mack? And we got into a lot of things about Trey Burke and Brandon Jennings, including whether or not there's an actual chance that either one of them could come back next year. I, I don't close the door on that as much as Adam does. It seems unlikely, but as I pointed out, nobody would have bet Marcus Thornton would have been back a year ago, and obviously that did happen. So uh, a fun conversation there with Adam. Of course, earlier in the week, I was talking with Neil Greenberg from the Washington Post about uh, looking at Scott Brooks from that stat point of view that, that Neil works from, and also talking about Marching Gortat, the impact if the Wizards were to let him go, what he did for the Wizards, and a whole bunch more uh, there. Obviously, uh, last night, meaning Wednesday night, was uh, Game 3 of the NBA Finals, and now Golden State is up 3-zip. So I've been kind of wanting to talk more about the Finals, but they're just, you know, it just hasn't been terribly compelling, and the schedule has been such... But I just have not gotten had a chance to do that a ton. But hopefully we'll have a chance, even if the series is over, to discuss the Kevin Durant aspect of it, the super teams, what does this all mean for the NBA, uh, and so on. So hopefully we'll get to that at a future point. But let me not uh, uh, slow the roll here. Uh, Adam Rubin and I, like I said, we're getting into potential free agent point guards. And, you know, even if you want to dismiss Jennings and Burke, I think it's important you got to look at the context. What are the other options the Wizards potentially have. There's some interesting names for sure. There's also a lot of other names you might be like, oh boy, really? That that that's a consideration. And uh, you know, context is king, especially when we're when everybody says the wizards have to do something. Well let's look at what the options are. So here we go. Uh myself and Adam Rubin. Uh you can follow him on Twitter at Liddell's Place. Of course follow me at Ben Standig or the or the podcast at Locked On Wizards. And you of course know subscribe on iTunes to get all of the podcasts. Here we go. Free agent point guards, 
Let's see what we thought. So so let's get to the let's get to the to the last one. The who of it all is in who are some of the free agent guards that you like? Now I don't know. Um, I know we talked. I told you that we were going to get into this, so I didn't. I don't know what your homework was, but I went through a, a bunch of lists here, and I, I tried to look at it realistically. Like we're not talking about you know we're not talking about Drew Holiday. We're not talking about Chris Paul. We're not talking about you know even Sean Livingston and Patty Mills. I think that was sort of like those two guys. I assume will probably get a real contract from somebody again. I've said this before. We don't quite know what the Wizards have to deal with, right? If they get rid of Gortat, but don't take a ton of money back, maybe they have some more there. Um, you know, I'm assuming Otto will be back, but you know, if if they make a move with Gortat or figure out, you know, you know, who knows? Maybe they can move Jason Smith. I, I don't know. Whatever it may be, maybe they have some more room than we think. But right now, it seems unlikely that you'd get Livingston or Patty Mills. Um, I looked at Matt Moore on CBS.com or CBS Sports. He had Livingston and Mills as the 28th and 29th. Uh, best free agents available. So everybody else now I'm going to mention is behind that. Okay, hold on to your hat. <laughs> I I, brought- I I have a couple that I that I like, so I'll let you do the list. But I have a couple that I like, so right. I'm, I'm. I broke this down into old guys or at least veterans versus some younger guys with maybe some hope. There's more older guys on this list. Uh, I guess I would say these are in some order, but here we go. Ty Lawson. Uh, local guy, he, he, he very good early in his career, personal problems, he's faded away, but he still showed he's got some game. Old, old uh, ex-wizard Ramon Sessions, not a great year in Charlotte, but he's been here when he was healthy here. He was good in some areas, not great running the offense, good getting to the free throw line. Sergio Rodriguez with the Sixers, uh, entertaining player, not much on defense. We mentioned it before. Shelvin Mack is available. Aaron Brooks, he's getting up there, but one of the quicker guys in the league. Raymond Felton backed up Chris Paul all this year. Jose Calderon. Pass. What's that? Pass. You cut I'm saying pass. I'll pass on Felton. <laughs> all right. We got, I get, we got a pass on Felton. Fair enough. Jose Calderon, we watched him in the playoffs against the Wizards. He actually had some good moments, but I was sort of surprised that he had that, you know, that he had that much. I thought he was kind of done. Uh, and I'll even mention Grievous Vasquez. I think he missed his whole season with an injury. I don't know where he's at in his career. But, you know, he was an effective player before that injury. Under the category of hope, as in their younger guys, Michael Carter-Williams can't shoot a lick, but he's young, athletic, and he's, you know, he was in the same draft as Otto Porter. So we're not talking about a guy who's been around a ton. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe you can work, fix that shot, sort of. Langston Galloway has been in the league he's, a little bit. He's done some things. And then last one, Tyler Ennis, which would be ironic, seeing as how he was the pick that Phoenix, yeah. he was the player Phoenix took in the, the in the pick they got from the Wizards for Gortat, who may not be back here this year. That would be kind of hilarious if Gortat left and Ennis came in. That's kind of my list, and I can sort of talk myself into a couple of guys, but but that's not a list where you're going, wow, that give me that guy. But maybe you maybe you see it differently. You said you got like a couple of those guys. I'll I'll, I'll talk about them more in a sec, but. You, you like some guys I just mentioned, well, my, or are you going elsewhere? Well, my my number one option, which is, might not be realistic, but is more realistic than Patty Mills, would be Darren Collison. He is he can play the one and the two, and he can score in bunches when he's running a, a second unit. Now, I he I'm not sure what he he made five million last year. He's an unrestricted free agent. He could start. 
you know, in fairness, I, I, that is, he he should have been on my list. I apologize. I was looking at uh yeah I I I skipped over him. Apologies. He should have been on the list. Anyway, continue. But but he, yeah, so he's if there's one guy who's I'm putting him at the he's not really realistic, but he's right at that edge of something great could happen, and we and and Washington could get him. Uh, that's who I would put as the number one option to go after. Talk him into maybe I don't know. It's play one year, play with Wall, play alongside him as the backup too as well. You know, then make some more money the next year. Um, and then I, I've always been partial to uh, Beno Udri. Again, we're talking. Uh, you know, we're talking. We're going down a list of some ways, but I'm saying at the bottom of the list, he's a guy who at least is a veteran guy you can count on him to 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 run the offense he's not great but you know he sort of you can count on it um but but i like uh tyler innes i is, is i think it's somebody you could bring in if you're comfortable with sataransky he's a nice guy to bring in have those two guys have him competing if you think sataransky's if you're uh ready to play uh if you feel a little bit you know comfortable with him you can go with him with uh tyler instead um yeah i mean even shelvin mack i mean <laughs> Uh, is a guy who, again, if you're comfortable with relying on Sadoransky, he's a, he's a sort of good third guard to have. Um, but I, I'd say really uh, Ty Lawson and Darren Collison would be my two targets of guys who, again, we're talking with the, the money restrictions Washington's going to have. So it's, those aren't my two favorite free agent point guards. But of the possibilities, I thought Lawson played pretty well this year. I don't know if that was resurrecting his career, um, but he seemed to play pretty well. Um, but I would definitely go Collison first and then then his teammate Lawson. And, of course, I'd love to have Sean Lindison back, but it sounds like – well, it, it depends how much of pay cuts they take in Golden State. They're going to lose – I think you talked on the last podcast about Ian Clark. You know, Golden State's probably going to lose him. So there's other guys out there who, who combo guards or two guards who can sort of play point guard a little bit who might come available. All right, so so let's go through a couple of these guys, and I and I'm annoyed at myself that I had Darren. I I don't know for some reason I I, I didn't put Darren Collins on this list, but he I looked right at him before whatever. Um, so Darren Collins, we're talking about a, a a guy who's been in the league since what 2009. Uh, he'll turn 30 in August. Six foot. Um, he's one of those guys. He's he's not a real NBA starter, even though Sacramento essentially used him as one. Well, they did use him as one this year. Started 63 games. He shot 42% from three, so that's not nothing. Yeah. That, 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 that's really good. But, you know, he's not a guy where you're like, well, he should really be playing heavy minutes. That said, he played he's played at least 30 minutes three straight seasons, so it'll be interesting to see does some other team look at him and say, you know what, we're not in love, but it's better than what we have. We'll give you real minutes. Or does he look at, you know, that, hey, I'd rather go play after years of playing for some, you know, playing on Sacramento. Does he want to go play with a real team? I guess my only question is, when I when what I had heard from the Wizards, I've mentioned this before, the reason they went the Trey Burke route last year on some level was they didn't want to pay somebody to play essentially ten minutes a game behind John Wall. Yeah. Uh, my only thing would be there's ten minutes behind Wall and there's ten minutes behind Beal. That's twenty minutes. Don't discount that. So if that's the case, is Collison a third guard? Like I'm looking for a guy who's a yeah, backup I- and a two. The fact that he shot well from three gives me some hope that he's only six foot, 
maybe I don't know if I love it as much, but okay, I I, I don't I don't hate that. I'll, I'll I'll give you that. Well, to your earlier point about bringing in, do they need a backup point guard first or a backup shooting guard first? I think Collison has played the two guard uh, in Sacramento, and yeah, I think he can play too. And and again, we're talking about ten minutes of point guard, but as you say, there's no backup to Bradley Beal right now. You could bring in Collison as the Backup. I mean, again, Beal played a lot of minutes, and everyone's very happy he didn't get injured. But you know, you need to have a competent guy who can step in if someone misses a game or two. And I think Collison. I mean, look, Thornton was able to carve out a solid chunk of minutes. Uh, Collison would be able to to carve out even more. And I think, I think he'd be a great fit. Again, we're looking at with the restrictions of the salary, like the guys who were out there. I think he'd be a great fit as, as a backup of both guys, and and. He could certainly play alongside Sanarancy in the second unit. They could be the two, the one and the two. So I, I think the more ball handlers, the more three-point shooting you can get on the second unit, uh, the better, especially if Mahimi is going to be healthy next year and playing the entire second unit minutes because he's not capable of creating any offense when he catches the ball on the perimeter. I mean, he, he can basically pass it back to you, and that that's, that's it. So, I mean, you really need creators on the perimeter, and that's one of the things that hurt them so much with having Ubre out there with Mahimi in the second unit because neither of those guys are able to create their own shot. So you really need to have guys out there who can either shoot. If Jason Smith's going to be put on the bench as he was, uh, I like Collison as having a, a two-guard who can shoot uh, with the second unit. All right. Now, as far as Ty, Ty Lawson goes, I you know, we, we, we spent, obviously, a lot of time the last couple of years talking about Kevin Durant uh, wanting to play back. You know, would he want to play back here in D.C.? Uh, Ty Lawson, also a local guy. I remember I talked to him a couple of years ago about Durant and the idea of coming back here. Would he be interested in all that? I went to look this article up the other day, and unfortunately, CSN has purged a lot of their old articles. Don't ask me why. Don't, don't, don't even get me started on this because I'll get annoyed. But I can't find a lot of my old articles on their site, so I don't have the exact quotes. I think he was down with it himself, but that was before he ran into some personal problems. I don't know what it would mean for him to want to come to come back home. Um, he did have a better year. He only shot 29% from three, uh, but, you know, 4.9 assists in 25 minutes. You know, he, we know he can run an offense. Um, he averaged 10 points a game. So, you know, that's interesting. Uh, Bino Udro, I did not forget him. I just dismissed him. <laughs> But I mean, you know, he's he'll, okay. he'll be 35 in June, July. Yeah, he's been around. I, I you know, I. I'm, a, I'm talking veteran again. I'm talking if it's going veteran minimum, where where the choices are like a Ronnie Price or a. Actually, no, is also, and again, I'm looking at salaries as well because obviously you take that into account. I mean, Lawson only, I guess he was a veteran minimum. It shows him at 1.3 million last year. So, if you also have to look at who's picking the players. So we're looking at Ernie Grunfeld and a Ty Lawson is the type of player he likes to get on a, a veteran minimum, you know, a former lottery guy looking to resurrect his career, um, you know, somewhat of a big name, you know, not, not a huge name, but he has a name recognition. Um, that's the type of guy where they like to bring in so you have some type of hope and the thought that before everything falls apart, uh, he might be able to resurrect his career. So he, he, the salaries are going to play a huge role. I mean, obviously, if you can get a Ty Lawson at $1.5 you know, and then have some money left over for a shooting guard, that's may be better than giving the mid-level exception to Darren Collison. So, um, you know, you got you to gotta weigh all that uh, when you're making the decision. So, I don't know. I wouldn't 
I wouldn't be that excited starting the season with Ty Lawson as the backup point guard. Um, but I guess it's, that's another guy who Saturday can sort of battle and see if, uh, who comes out on top. But I know what you're saying. They don't, they don't want to pay any money. It makes sense for a, a, a strictly backup point guard. You don't want to give that much but, money to. But hopefully this year they, they sort of learn their lesson. I mean, there are some positions where I think you can go sort of that other route. Uh, you know, small forwards kind of position where I, I think you can kind of find guys. But point guard, you need somebody to run that offense. I mean, you know, I don't have to tell anybody who's listening to this. When John Wall left games, the offense went away. And it wasn't just that John Wall's the greatest point guard of all time. They just didn't have anybody who was even just level replacement often at that spot um, to get the job done. Uh, let's just get through a couple of their names here quick here. So Tyler Ennis, he had a pretty interesting year for the Lakers, shot 39% from three. Um, you know, the Lakers obviously were not a very good team, so you can't look at too many of the stats and get too excited. But he's only 22 years old. He'll be 23 in August, so he's still a pretty young player. You know, maybe, maybe like I said, you, you you take a you, you take a flyer on a guy, and he's at least been in the league a little bit. You know, hypothetically, you pair him with Sato and figure out which one of them becomes the guy. Maybe that's something to consider. Um, you know, last year the Wizards had a lot of guys who were clients of Mark Bartlestein, um, and you know, including Marcus Thornton, which essentially was a seemingly a favor for the agent. Now, I don't know if the Wizards have to make any more favors <laughs> for Mark Bartlestein, <laughs> but looking at this list, there are two guys, two of his clients. One is Jose Calderon, who look, he's way up there in age, but we know he can run an offense if. You know, if you went with Calderon and Sadoransky, I'm not saying I would be like my first choice, but maybe I can, you know, maybe, maybe you figure out a way to, to, to you know, you, you use Calderon very limited, oper- you know, over the course of 82 games and hope he's good to go for the playoffs. The other guy, though, is Ramon Sessions, who, of course, was already here. I, uh, I took a quick look to see what Rick Bonnell from the Charlotte Observer wrote about him after his season with the Hornets, and what he wrote was not very encouraging. Basically, Sessions signed a two-year deal with them last year. It's a team option, I think, this year, which is about $6.3 million. He shot, averaged a career low in points, shot 38% from the field. He didn't even get to the foul line as much as he normally does, which is his go-to move. He had a he suffered a torn meniscus in his left knee in February, and Bonnell ended with, uh, quote, considering his, his salary that he's 31 and an underwhelming season, it won't be a surprise if the Hornets don't exercise his season option. So that doesn't sound overly encouraging to want to go out and get that guy. I'm just saying we've already seen him. He wasn't here with Scott Brooks, so maybe that would discount him. But I, I wouldn't be excited about Sessions. I'm just saying we know what he can do. And look, they would have been happy with Ramon Sessions this year compared to what they had. Yeah, I'd be happier with, with Ramon than any of the guys at the sort of end of the list that's out there. And I, I think he – I thought he left because he wanted to get more minutes. And he, he in the beginning of the season, he did get some minutes, but he just never played out in Charlotte. But he he was fine with, you know, when, when the playoffs and Wall, you know, broke his wrist. He, he played pretty well, and he was able to get to the line, uh, you know, those – running bank shots that kept missing were a little frustrating, but he seemed to to improve as he was with Washington for that year and a half. So I think certainly if you get to the bottom of the, the list, if he comes cheap, and again, it's going to go more back to what his relationships were with the team when he was here, you know, whether Ernie likes him, whether the coaching staff liked him, you know, what type of guy he was in the locker room. I'm sure that'll, you know, if, if they have a good relationship with him, I could definitely see him 
coming back. But I, you got to figure he'd want to go somewhere else. But, you know, if the opportunities aren't there, then he'll have to you know, be stuck with the limited minutes behind wall again. All, all true. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean, I think the one thing about this this list is if you look, if the Wizards want to go cheap again at the point guard, there's a lot of options. I mean, we didn't even mention Shelvin Mack. The Wizards defensively, you know, we know that was a problem all year. I think Shelvin Mack could actually help them in that role. I don't know if he wants yeah. to come back. And of course, Randy Whitman's gone, so maybe he's down for that. Um, and you know, I always like Shelvin Mack's game. I guess he just hasn't quite shown enough, and I wouldn't be like, wow, they solved their backup point guard if he shows up. But for what they need, maybe he's a better fit. You know, him helping defensively is maybe better than Sessions getting to the free throw line, scoring. I don't know. I guess that's yeah. one of those things you consider. Yeah, I guess defensively, and he he sort of is a deceptive shooter. He sometimes make a three when you're not expecting it, uh, Mac. But yeah, he's he's the kind of guy who I think has established himself as the legitimate backup career backup point guard and and really the bar is very low in washington so um you know they remain low so i think that mac has certainly established himself as better than burke better than what brandon jennings brought um you know if you're gonna if you can get him a minimum or low contract and have money elsewhere yeah i'd have no problem with him and sataransky uh given the <laughs> given the salary issue i mean it's not exciting it's not something i'd be happy about but uh Defense was a major problem. I mean, Brandon Jennings was ridiculous um, on defense. And, I, you know, as bad as it was, I mean, it's, it's sort of shocking that Washington was able to get such big leads with their starters. I mean, the, the point differential is, you know, incredible with their starters. Really, you got to imagine getting anything defensively on the second unit uh, would, would, you know, be a huge, huge uh, improvement over the course of the season in terms of just total wins and losses. And 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 just to sort of tie all this up, because of course, per usual, I've gone way too long here. Uh, but uh, for everybody who's saying, okay, the Wizards have got to get a backup point guard this year, I'm not saying that some of these names aren't better than what they had. I'm not saying that, but I'm also not saying that we're talking about, oh my God, the Wizards got that guy. That'll be awesome. There's a lot of. Eh, shrugs i don't know what to make of some of these guys you know and i think that's something you know i'm just saying be prepared if you're expecting the wizards to go out and get some awesome backup point guard i would keep expectations low again i if you really want hope hope that with the 52nd pick they take a frank mason or a young or some other point guard and that's where you go with with that guy and sataransky and you hope because hope is something but once you've been in the league for a little bit as some of these guys have they show who they are. You have to accept what they are, their limitations, and figure out what you can do. Brandon Jennings could do some stuff. He had some severe limitations. A lot of these guys, they're not complete players that you're going to say, like, oh, he'll solve all our problems. They won't. But that's what you got. That's the field. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I I would say, and I feel, uh, you know, in terms of Sadoransky, just to, to sort of put a bow on all of that, I don't think... I'm biased, but I think Sadoransky can be the backup point guard. He played one year, very limited minutes. He's going to work this offseason. Um, he knows now how tough it is to, to get the minutes. And if they just said, look, you're the backup point guard, I think he's better. He's better than all those guys. I think he will be better than all those guys at the bottom of the list. I'd have no problem with him being the backup point guard. It's just a matter of whether 
Brooks in the team is ready to to hand the reins over to him. That would be something. And there is some. It would be something they signed Shelvin Mack because you'd have two of the point guards with that were on the 2012 summer league team. Uh, yeah, and it was and that that 2012 summer league team that performance by Shelvin Mack is what got him off the team. It was awful. It, it was so horrific, and I I remember I was sitting near the the front office you know for that game, um, and they I mean the, the Ernie Gruntle he was asking a. He's asking some question about uh, about Mac. Like, what, like, what is going on? You know, we're just sitting there, um, and yeah, it was ugly. But but he's I, I, he's recovered. I, I thought he was I thought he was done after that summer league performance. But he's he's recovered. So yeah, so yeah, bring back that. And hey, Vesely's also uh, you know rumors of Vesely back in the league too. So they bring them all back together. <laughs> I feel like this is have to be a Jan Vesely podcast before free agency. But uh, I'll, I'll maybe I'll have to war- give everybody a three-day warning uh, on that one. But uh, we'll we'll save we'll save that fire for another day. Uh, Adam, I appreciate it as always, my man. Follow Adam on Twitter at Liddell's Place. Uh, fire all your free Sado questions to him. And uh, you know if you if you've got some pickup basketball game skills, I think it sounds like Adam's team might need uh, could, could use an extra body Oof. or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't don't I I. Forgot for about an hour. Now he's brought back up. Oh, sorry. Apologies. Apologies. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll end it there. Thank you guys as always. Back with more podcasts uh, this week. Uh, by the time you guys have heard this, it's probably game three of the NBA Finals already happened. So I don't know what happened, but you know, five any five. I, today, I hope the Warriors are up three zip, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about a sweep after that. So. We'll want it there. Until next time, see ya. Everybody just Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Inside. Hawks. Long drive. Long foul shot. Dagger!